go. All right. And we're live. Well, hello, world. Welcome to episode two of Redneck University. Bob, we made it to episode two. This is not a fluke. This is a real deal. No, here. no. We're, we're definitely, we're worldwide right yeah. now. Yeah. Worldwide. No, we're, we're, we're putting a college try into this. And we got, a, we got a grand total of four different listeners on Apple Podcasts, which we are available on Apple Podcasts now. That's awesome. That could be a whole family. Do you think we're related to all four? Um... <laughs> I probably. Well, no, no, because I haven't told any of my family about this podcast. Wow, well, that is freaking exciting. Yeah, I because well, here's why. Because like the last time I was on a podcast, I was making fun of my family, and my mom got pissed at me and didn't talk to me for like six months. She's like, you know, it's not very. You shouldn't make fun of your mother. It's not nice. It's not very respectful. I was like, mom, it's a joke. Relax. It's it's comedy. She she didn't appreciate it at all. Well, at least your mother doesn't like either one of us. She <laughs> called me what, the white devil? You are right? yeah. You were the white devil. <laughs> you were the white devil with COVID, and she was the old the old Chinese woman who was gonna get COVID from you. Yeah, so that's the first time I've ever been called the white devil. Uh, you know, well, at least she's honest. This is true. This is true. So, but you know, it's it won't be. It was not the first time she's called one of my friends white devil, and it's not the last. Okay. Uh, my dad used to. My dad was real keen on calling my friends communists. He'd wow. Like, yeah. He's like, "What the heck? What are you? Some kind of communist?" <laughs> like, "No, sir. I just don't like. Uh, I don't like green onions on my baked potato. That sounds like some communist stuff to me." Like, you know. <laughs> Did your dad come home from World? You guys don't know. Bob's dad was in World War Two. Yeah. When he came home, was he mad at the Germans? Not really, because he was. I don't think so. No, he didn't really talk about it that much. Okay. To be completely honest, he just well, we were taking a way left turn there. Yeah. Like, but, uh, now, now it's weird. It is weird. Now it's awkward. All right. <laughs> it's like that uh, that quote off a of Full Metal Jacket, where it's like you know, or uh, what is it, Jarhead? It's like, is your dad one who was in Vietnam? Yeah. Did you ever talk about it? No. Good. Then he wasn't lying. You know. All right. <laughs> Well, next topic. If you guys didn't notice, we're here at uh, Dr. Bob's Lair. This is my yeah. This is Dr. Bob's Sports Bar. Got uh, some sports memorabilia in the background. This is my uh, autographed baseball collection. If you want to zoom in and take a look at uh, some of the some of the autographs we got behind us, and then uh, the walls are actually you can't see it right now, obviously, but I've got autographs all over the place. So behind Mike is is the Mr. Nolan Ryan. Behind me is Pete Rose and. Cal Ripken Jr. and to my right, we got Jackie Robinson. Up here is Willie Mays, and I got two Willie Mays, two Willie Mays autographs, and Lenny Dykstra. That's cool. Got quite a few, got a, quite a few things over here. Oh, so. right. Didn't he throw out one twelve one day? He had the record, right? Uh, well, oh, that's a whole discussion. Yeah, that's that's um, that is. So there is the 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 theory that he threw a hundred and. 10, 112 miles an hour. I'm an astronaut. But you're, you know, you're talking about like 19, early 1990s technology that may or may not have been accurate. But if you look at the pitch, if you watch the video, you're like, whoa, that was fast. He so, was a lot of man. He was. And what's funny is, you know, he pitched in a time before they were doing pitch counts. You know, now guys get up to 90, 100 pitches, they take them out. Nolan Ryan would throw 200, 250 pitches a game. And he pitched the whole game. And he'd go on three days rest, come out three days later, do the exact same thing over again. I tell you what, when I was growing up in Houston, he was the man. We'd go to the old Astrodome where they had the, the bulls running around. Yeah. The lights and everything. Well, you know, if you look over there, I got a 
I got a Nolan Ryan in a Houston Astros uniform over there, personally signed to me. Very nice. Yeah, personally signed. Got to my me. Astros hat on today. You know, they they're they're cheaters a little bit, but hey, winning's better. Than, hey, everybody's cheating, o- right? Only losers called winners cheaters. <laughs> only losers called winners cheaters. It's like these little league parents who are like, ah, oh, the other team's cheating. Really, they're eight years old. They don't know how to cheat yet. All right, just stop it. And just admit that your kid is not going to play Major League Baseball or Division One, maybe not even Division Two or JUCO. So uh, probably well, Bob, just doesn't have the talent. Sorry. Bob, I got to thank you. If you guys didn't notice, I got my own shirt here. It actually has my name on it. it has Mike? It says Redneck University. You know, I'm 41 years old, Bob, <laughs> and this is the first shirt I've ever had with my name on it. That's you know, that's a terrible thing. That know. is sad. I've got <laughs> hell. I've got three shirts with. With my name on him back there, and then another shirt that's someone else's name. Jeez. Oh, I finally feel like a man. Well, you know, I I feel like you've worked hard, and you deserve to have a shirt with your name on it that you can be proud of. Like, that's a good-looking shirt. You can walk around and go to the store in that shirt, and someone will be like, what's Redneck University? And the first thing they're going to do is they're going to Google it. And guess what they're going to find? They're going to find our podcast. And... Maybe then we'll have more than 10 listeners on our Apple podcast thing. Bob, I think this shirt is the definition of blue collar. I, it, well, yeah. Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's a dark blue collar. Yeah, it's, it's a really navy. Blue collar. Yeah, dark blue collar. That way I can get my mower grease all over it. And, be, and you'll, never know, you'll never know the difference. <laughs> like, you know, I've got my Dr. Bob's barbecue shirt. It's got my name on it. It's got yeah. grease, grease all over it, barbecue sauce all over it, and you can't see it. I bet your wife likes you when you come home. Yes, she does. Just licks you all over that barbecue sauce. That's now that's awkward. You just made it awkward. <laughs> there you go. She likes a little barbecue. No, a little, <laughs> a little, a little, a little Chinese fair rib. <laughs> <laughs> How do I know we we're gonna go there? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Bob, how's your how's your week? Well, been? you know, I'm just a little bit recent. <laughs> On another note, yeah. How's my week go? Well, good. I took the day off from work. Had some people come over and work on the house a little bit. And uh, Mike noticed that the smell in my house is different. Thank you for pointing that out. Mike Mike likes to uh, pretend that nobody, like everybody's house but his smells like the animals that live there. So we have a couple of cats and a dog. So you know what? There's going to be like a small little little bit of an animal smell. It happens, okay? You know, especially when there's three cats and a dog. A giant German Shepherd, Oliver. He's around here somewhere. He'll probably make an appearance, as as will will probably the cats. But um, yeah, that's the first thing Mike noticed. He's like, "Yeah, it's, it kind of smells different." I'm like, "Yeah, because we had had the carpet shampooed and cleaned and everything else." Well, it just it lacked the fragrance. Fragrance. The fragrance. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Bob. The scent. I've never ripped on this house about the smell. Well, you uh, should have. <laughs> you should have, because I do it all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like, Jesus Christ, Bridget, this house smells like cactus. And she's like, I can't smell anything. Uh, like, I have a really sensitive nose, so like every time like a cat or like every time a, the dog dribbles on the floor, I smell it. And I'm like, this dog has dribbled somewhere on the floor, and like I'll like hunt it down and find it. So it's just I'm just real sensitive to to changes in in odors, and uh, so. We we do we try to do a really good job like keeping this place from actually smelling like animals live here. I'm glad you brought that up, Bob. I'm trying to be a nicer guy, but uh, yes, the, the house no longer smells like cat piss. 
It didn't like smell. There, well, there's a litter box that's got cat piss in it. So there's going to have, when you're next to the litter box, it's going to smell like cat piss. See, Mike's house smells like dogs, like wet dogs. But I don't say a, I don't say a word because I'm a nice person. I'm like, he has dogs. Guess what? His house is going to smell like dogs. But no, now he's like, oh, wants to insult me. Be like, oh, your house smells like cat piss. Well, thank you, Mike. It doesn't. Your though. house smells like dogs, wet dogs. And okay. your backyard smells like dog poo. Well, now that we got the truth out there, my yard looks like crap because it's covered in dog crap. <laughs> <laughs> there's no grass left because there's giant mouths all over the place. How many dogs do you have? We got three, but I think one of them counts as two. She's a oh, she's a monster. Yeah, I bet she's putting some loads down. Like, oh, what do you do dude. with the what do you do with the, the the poo? I just let it sit there, and I thought it fertilized the yard, but I think there's so many metals and stuff in that dog food they eat. I think it's killing the yard. Do you like? Spray it down or anything? I do nothing. I let it sit. You should try spraying it, like spraying it down with water. See, I don't believe in water in my yard, though. Well, see, there's probably strike number one is that you don't water your yard. Well, when you actually understand the water tables around here and how oh, they're drying okay. up, oh, oh I please, I'm being a, please a conservative guy. Well, you know the water tables they're they're putting so many holes in the ground out here, especially in Parker County. They mm-hmm. set like four or five hundred new wells last year because all the people from the city are moving out to the country and they're all drilling wells because each house has to have its own drilled drilled well so they can pump water out and water their fancy yards. And I just think that's ridiculous. It does make me it makes me very sad when I see areas that are like you know nice large ranch lands. I got a lot of room for wildlife and woods it makes me really sad when i see those places just cleared and then nothing but houses go up yeah like it pisses me off but you could still like you could still water your yard a little bit so like what we used to do is the issue is is when you lay a big dog turd on a place that's got really thin grass like you do well the dog turd blocks out the sun so it's going to kill everything underneath it oh yeah and they're big dog turds they're probably eight inch by ten inch <laughs> I mean, these suckers are like cow pies. <laughs> what do you feed your dog? Dude, uh, dog eats everything. She's a little monster. Oh my god! She's been on the video before. Some people have seen her. Yeah, you can you can just like take a take a nozzle and just spray the poo into the grass, and it'll help a little bit. That's a great idea. You ever thought about getting some Saint Augustine put in at your house? I would love some Saint Augustine. But it just requires a lot of water, and I'm using this. I'm really milking this whole cons- water conservation thing, mm-hmm. so I can be lazy. Now that we're on national video, yeah, now that everybody we're, knows now that we're this, famous. Yeah. But it's really an excuse to be lazy, set off the water my yard, and then I, I feel better about myself when I tell people why my yard looks like hammered hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just like it when you every time you come over to my house, you're like, man, your grass looks so good. And I'm like, really? I don't think it looks all that great. I just want to roll it. And you're like, man, this grass is beautiful. <laughs> I've got I've got like one acre with maybe I got maybe ten by twenty yards of grass, and the rest was just dirt. Video. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe, maybe you could stand it. You did the whole water sprinkler, water sprinkler video, and you don't, did. you don't even water your yard. Yeah, I've got like 15 sprinklers now. And but you don't <laughs> use any of them. I did for about a month. You know, it's already late September. The grass yeah. has stopped growing, anyways. You know, the, the more you water, the more you got to mow. And I like working on mowers, but I don't care for mowing yards. Really? Yeah. Ah, oh, I can't stand it. 
Well, because you got issues. Like, you got allergy issues and everything, right? Yeah, I got those issues. I got a laziness issue. I mean, there's just some problems. I I love mowing. Like, that's like my number one. Like, I get excited when people call me to go mow their yard. Really? Yeah. Like, I'm number like, one. Like, hell yeah. Like, I'm going to go mow the yard, make some money. And it's just like, I just put my headphones on and I just kind of like, that's like my, that's my me time. Really? Yeah, I know. I'm cool. weird. I'm really weird. Everybody's got their thing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a strange thing. It's a strange thing. But, you know, yeah, so dog poo. But I'm just I'm just glad to hear that you don't you don't pick up the dog poo and put it in a plastic bag and then put it in inside of another plastic bag and then send it off to the landfill. That would make me kind of that would make me kind of sad. No, I don't do any of that. You know something interesting about dog poo, Bob? Maybe I'll get your foot on this. I lost my wedding ring back when we lived in California, <laughs> and to find it, I bought a metal detector. Well, I bought it and I returned it to Walmart because I'm a real redneck. You know, you don't want to actually purchase the metal detector. Of course, of course. <laughs> you keep your receipt. <laughs> so I'm using the metal detector and every pile of dog poo that I went over, it lit up. Like there's metal in the dog poo. Yeah. Does that make sense to you? Like why yeah. would a dog have metal in it? Uh, maybe it's just the food. Maybe it is the food. I mean, so like, I guess they make, what do they make dog food out of? You know, Really highly dried animal protein. So I mean, if it's if it's an animal that's got a high iron content in its blood, like horses or uh, cow cattle or something like that, then I guess possibly through the process of drying that food out, the metals kind of like Ugh. I guess concentrate in the food. So it's got going to have like a high iron content, and iron is you know iron's metallic. It'll get picked up by a by a metal detector. I'm guessing. I don't know for sure, but that's the only thing I can think of. I wouldn't. I'd hate to think that the dog food companies are sitting there pouring aluminum and magnesium into dog food. But I, I tell you what, after that, I stopped eating dog food. I used to eat a decent <laughs> amount just to gross people out. <laughs> no more. <laughs> Check you up. <laughs> Make your poo glow. Uh, yeah. Did you like go over your own poo with a metal detector? No, I've never done that. Maybe I should. Maybe you should. Maybe I can crap in the yard, and then we can spray it down. Yeah, see what happens. But that would probably... I don't know how well that would work out. Yeah. Wow. We have not followed our plan at all. No, we didn't. So, But, I mean, you know, that's a good idea, though. Maybe we should get back on track. We have, like, a little a little uh, agenda here that we wrote on. So, if you see, there's, there's three things that we wrote on. Like, yeah, one, two, three things we're going to talk about. So, but, uh, but, yeah, so... Part of our agenda was that Mike got his ass kicked this morning, and I'm supposed to ask him about you getting your ass kicked this morning. Well, I think we've got to start with last night. You know, Bob, you saw it, but the, I did the video on the Cub Cadet carburetor yeah. swap out. Yeah, I finished her last night, and towards the end of it, that was a lot of work. So I got a little excited, and I found the old bottle of whiskey. Got into the whiskey. Oh, uh, that Rebecca Creek whiskey. I, I think it's the best whiskey. Is it? Oh, it's delicious. I wouldn't. I, I have no idea. I'm, you know, I'm 18 months no alcohol, man. So that's that's great. Duh. But whiskey used to be my my drink of choice, and I would drink a bottle of it easily. Well, I had about four whiskey drinks last night. So in now, the when hot tub. when you say whiskey drinks, is that a rocks glass full of whiskey, or is that one shot of whiskey? It's one large shot 
over some ice. Okay. Because when I say I had four whiskey drinks, I'm referring to whatever container I'm putting that whiskey in. <laughs> so if it's a rocks glass, then it's the whole rocks glass. That's one drink. If it's a pine glass, then it's the whole pine glass. One drink. Wow. I know. You, uh, back in your day, Bob. I went, yeah, I'd go hard. I went I hard. I remember. And, uh, there was a lot of giggling going on, but it got weird. Yeah, well, you know what? Well, you know, the first part about about being an addict is realizing that you're an addict and that you have a problem. So that's why I, I don't drink anymore. It's all right. Now we're doing this. Yeah, you know, this is this is my new drink of choice. Is <laughs> is doing stupid stuff with Mike. <laughs> so anyhow, back to you getting your ass kicked. Uh, all right. So you so, got drunk last night. You got another whiskey. All right. And I go to a 6.30 in the morning jiu-jitsu class on Wednesdays and Fridays. <clears throat> so guess who's... So you got I, drunk last night, woke up early to go get go to jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so I was up at 5.30, went to jiu-jitsu, and boy, I'll tell you what, we had a new guy there, Alex. And this guy's right, he's 27 years old. He was a high school wrestler. And the way it works is that we go through practice for about an hour, and then we do six-minute rounds where it's just all out. I mean, there's not many things you can't do in jiu-jitsu besides just punch somebody in the nuts. But you can't poke them in the eye, can you? No, you can't poke them in the eye. There's no hitting, but pretty much every other choking, yeah. bending thing going on. And he just wiped the mat with me. I mean, he kicked my butt up and down. It was uh, very frustrating for six minutes. And then another six minutes, I go against the coach, who's pretty damn good jiu-jitsu guy. And he went at me, and somehow or another, my, my ankle folded in half underneath as he tried to body slam me. And as I was falling backwards, it bent, and it goes boom. And I heard this crack. And then I just laid down in the fetal position on the mat. I was like, dude, I'm done. <laughs> I was like, I got nothing else. And I laid there for a couple minutes. My, my foot was pulsating, and it hurt pretty decent. And after that, you know, I went to my chiropractor. Oh, nasal. That's always a good idea. After you hear a pop, go to, go to the chiropractor and have him do another pop. Which was cool because I went to my chiropractor, Jessica. I was like, this is a fresh injury. And she got pretty excited, you know. So she started poking on it, and uh, it hurt pretty good. But she said, you know, the pop is actually the tendon popping over the bone. It's not necessarily tearing. It goes, pop, when it, when it flops over, and it's mm -hmm. just swelled up. So she doesn't think anything's broke. But, uh, yeah, I thoroughly got my butt kicked this morning hmm. it's one of those mornings where you know you're getting choked out early in the morning and you got somebody's knee on your chest and you're like what am i what am i doing here that sounds like a hot morning to me <laughs> i've had a couple of those mornings but it wasn't in a jujitsu class Golly, you know but... still kind of half drunk someone's choked wake up and someone's got a knee on your chest and they're choking you you know what's the safe word <laughs> like tap, 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 stop. Yeah, I'm definitely not tapping out on that one. So yeah, had a little bit of a rough morning, but I'm I'm coming through. Got my new shirt. Drinking lots of water. There you go. There you go. Uh, oh man, but yeah. So that's good. I'm glad you got your ass kicked. That's good for you. Yeah, it is. I haven't got my ass kicked in a, in a while. Last uh, skirmish I got in was a guy hit me in the back of the head with a beer bottle. Oh. And that kind of like sent me down the path of maybe I should stop going to bars. The bottle break? No. Oh, did he hit it hard? It was like a. Oh yeah. I, well, I mean, he hit me in the back of the head. It. I didn't. It didn't knock me out. I didn't. Like it just kind of like stunned me, and it was so weird. Is like I was kind of 
so inebriated at that point, like I couldn't get mad. Like he hit me and I was just like, I was trying to get pissed and I was trying to get mad to like go fight and I just couldn't do it. I was just like, well, you know, whatever, man, that's, that's, that's your opinion, man. That's cool. <laughs> like, you know, it doesn't matter to me, dude, cause the bouncers throwing you out. I'm just going to stay here. Like, hope you have a nice day. And then like the guy was outside waiting for me, like out there waiting for like an hour and a half for me to come outside. And the whole time I'm like, I'm bigger than this dude. Like I can kind of fight, but there was like this voice in the back of my head that was saying, you're drunk, and if you go out there, that guy's going to kick your ass because you probably could not throw a punch right now. Yeah, you probably made the right decision. Yeah, and that yeah, that's that's probably like on the very, very short lists of good decisions that I've made whilst intoxicated. I tell you what, after getting my butt kicked about 15 times a week lately, I want nothing to do with fighting. <laughs> I mean, it all looks like it hurts to me. Yeah, there's one thing I don't like, and that's getting punched in the face. So Ugh. if if I don't have to get punched in the face ever again, I'll, I'll be okay. You know, I've seen a few of them, but we're not going to go back into that. No, no, you know, that's I, – I get it, Mike. You want Mike likes to call me out. Mike was there one night when I got knocked out in college and uh, <clears throat> by a very large man who was angry. And I, I want to say he was on steroids, but – he got me. He got me good. He got me right in the temple, and that was it. Lights out. Dropped like a rock. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was. It was a little scary. Well, you know, I remember two things from that night. I remember the last thing I said to him, and then I remember y'all dragging me out of the out of the house, <laughs> like <laughs> trying to like save save me from getting murdered even further. It's like a bunch of hyenas. Yeah. What did yeah. you say? Did you say it on? Uh, I think I can. I do remember saying to him, "I was like, dude, you better back up before you get knocked out." <laughs> and then, and then I, and then I woke up with Mike carrying me out of the yard. So that I, I remember, I remember saying that. Wow. And wow. I will. I've, I have. I never said that to anybody ever again. That's funny. Well, he definitely had the last word on that one. He did. He did. And uh, funny, funny story, plot twist. He ended up being in a class that I was in. What? Like I think it was like a year later. He was not a friendly guy. No, and he was a big guy. He you know, he he really wasn't and he was kind of a dick during the class and he ended up dropping it. Yeah. Okay. So Oh well. And it was a small class. It was like only a class of like fifteen people, so like he knew me, I knew him, and like the whole time I was like, you know, I could probably like plot something some like extravagant plan to like get back at this guy, but I'm just like, ah, I got better things to do. Yeah, so. back then I could see you actually plotting to do something like that. Things have changed though. I would still probably plot. You still would. Yeah, I would plan it out. I don't know if I would do it. Right. But I probably would plan it out. Hmm. Well, all right. I think that's as far as we need to take it. Can you do me a favor? Shoot. Can you move the mic a little bit closer to you? Absolutely. I'm dang comfortable over here. It's not. Yeah, it's not picking you up very well, Stephen. Okay. We're gonna hear a little bit of a little bit of whoa, rumbling. whoa. There we go. There, there we go. Oh, that's now a we're sweet good. spot. Now we're good. Now we're good. Well, the next subject that I want to talk about was the. <clears throat> so this is Redneck University, and one of our main focuses here is to really be entertaining, but at the same time be educational. And one of the things that kind of makes me upset is the stigma of 
if if someone's a redneck that they're they're ignorant and they don't know they really don't know what they're talking about and they're uneducated um and unreliable and i kind of would like i would like to address that and i i would like the the general public to take on a new idea of what a redneck is and i think i i touched on it briefly in the last episode of you know i i the what i think about of a redneck is someone who's actually very like creative and looks for easy solutions simple solutions to problems in a very quick and efficient manner like they you know we call it rednecking it up and i think it i feel like it takes a lot of creativity and a lot of like brain power to actually come up with those solutions on the fly like for example if you looked at our sound equipment right now you would be like, holy hell, that thing is rednecked up. I'd be like, yes, yes it is. It looks like a wasp's nest of cables, but you know what? It's working right now. Everything's working. Like, It's, it's recording, the sound recording, the video's recording, and everything's working. I'd say so, you got 12 things plugged into that one orange extension cord down there. <laughs> Like, like on, like on, what is it, Christmas vacation? Yeah, I can hear that 15-amp breaker going. <laughs> but I mean, like, that, and Mike and I, you know, we pride ourselves on being, you know, we we put a prefix on, you know, we're educated rednecks. Uh, but I think in reality, you know, what, what really is an education? Like, do you have street smarts, you got school smarts, book smarts, et cetera? I think, like... Most rednecks are kind of like just we're all around. We have an all-around education. We can do the basic things as far as like books, book learning goes. But I mean, when it comes down to to nut cutting time, man, like you need somebody to redneck it up. Like you can't turn to somebody who's who's got book smarts. Like I got a friend of mine who's got a PhD in electrical engineering, and, and there's one thing he's not capable of doing, and that's rednecking it up. I agree. You know, most things I learned in school, they're pretty much worthless. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the good stuff I learned was definitely not in school. But around school, we'd learn some good things. I mean, nut cut, that was a big deal at Lubbock. We had a nut cutting party. You did. Remember those yeah. days. Yeah, the calf fry. Yeah. The calf fry. I remember those. <laughs> we would, uh, yeah, we, we, I sliced a few nuts in my day. So, yeah, like the, the last big, yeah, we're getting all talking. You want to talk about a redneck ass party? Yeah, that's the calf fry. The last one I went to was at the Lubbock Municipal Coliseum, and it was Jerry Jeff Walker, Robert O'Keefe, Chris Ledoux. Chris Ledoux. That was one of the last times yeah. Chris Ledoux, he rode yeah. the, the bull. <laughs> and there was another one that I went to that had Willie Nelson. Yeah. And, like, that was like a fundraiser for y'all, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, we made a lot of money. But, boy, I remember that, that Chris Ledoux concert. He rocked it. Man, yeah, that was, that, was a, that was a good like, – I don't remember much, but – I remember I had a great time. I uh-huh. had a great time. I had a date, and uh, yeah, with the uh, the it was in the Coliseum. And what we would do is that we would fry calf balls, and we cut them up, and that was the big thing. So all your concessions served calf balls and beer, and then we'd party in the middle and listen to some good music. Yeah, it was yeah. great. You know, it was great. And the calf balls taste pretty good after twelve pack of beer and a little ketchup. And you- <laughs> I mean, you know, I just think balls taste great regardless. You know, I don't, I don't need beer or ketchup. <laughs> I better not tell you about that symptom. <laughs> I just need a little bit of salt. A little salt. <laughs> but, 
mean, it's like we go we go deer hunting. Like if I get a buck, I always. I mean, I'll take the testicles. You really? Yeah, I'll take. Have I, I've, have I not made those for you? No. I'll cut them up into slices and I'll I'll batter them and fry them. I mean, wow. You gotta you gotta cut them a certain way and you gotta remove the outer layer of uh, like skin. But they're not quite as crunchy as the calf balls are. Um, they're kind of the texture's odd, and it takes a little bit of getting used to with the texture. You just gotta gum it a little more, circle around the mouth. Well, you know it helps if you use your tongue. Does it really? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I've gotten into the last couple of years? I like not, eating the not, hearts, not balls, not balls, <laughs> but eating the hearts. You Dude, know? no, the ball, uh, not the balls. The heart, the hearts. That's like some of the best. Son, best that's for good. You. Yeah. And most people just throw it out. Yeah, they throw it. Yeah, a lot of people will throw out the heart, the liver, the liver, the spleen. Uh, you can make trepas out of the <clears throat> out of the stomach. You can. Yeah. Oh, that's a new one on me. Really? You never yeah. tried that? Uh-huh. Yeah. So you got to take the stomach and basically empty out the contents. You fold it inside out and wash it. Wash it really right. well. Get so it gets like the barnyard taste out of there. And then you just cut it up in the slices. And you can put it in like a stew. So you give her. Remember when we were in uh, Oregon and we had the Vietnamese stew, and there was like these little pieces of. It looked like tendon. Yeah, little chewy things. Yeah, that's stomach. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's beef stomach. Sometimes it's tendon, but like, for the, if it's big, round, and circular, that's tendon. But if it's flat and it's got little bumps on it, that's stomach. Huh. I think Americans. I think we're missing out on a lot of good food. Well, it's, we we are because well because the thing is like a lot of that stuff was considered like peasant food, and you know, white privilege, Mike. Doesn't you know? Like I'm not eating that stuff. That's peasant food. And but oh, you know, I'm not gonna eat steak. Yeah, I, that's right. I'm only eating steak and bacon. Actually, I think bacon once upon a time was considered peasant food. Bacon's delicious. I know. I've gotten more into sausage lately, though. I actually get sausage now over the bacon. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, I, we eat a lot of sausage, but it's just because I've got a lot of sausage on hand. Okay. Are you gonna make a sexual joke? No. I see no. Well, I think we've face. had enough ball and sausage. <laughs> no, you sure? Jokes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Vienna sausages. Yeah. sausages, huh? The small ones. Yeah. I, uh, those are nice because they come in a can and they're all like, you know, yeah. They're just like the perfect little length, the perfect little size to play a, a dick joke on somebody. Yeah. No, they're, they're good times. <laughs> they just t- taste horrible, but yeah. No, whatever. Bob, let's talk about fuel. Oh, we gotta go to fuel. Let me give you a preface. Okay, preface on fuel. Preface away. I will argue the reason I am named Mower Mike these days, and I'm so into freaking lawnmowers, and I've made a little bit of cash with lawnmowers, is fuel. Ever since they started putting ethanol in the gasoline, it gums up carburetors. So. When you get all these lazy homeowners, they let their, uh, <laughs> their their fuel tank just sit over the winter full of ethanol gas. Even after a month or two, it gums up the carburetor. They go to start it. They say, forget this. Mower Mike rolls in, buys a you know, $1,000 lawnmower for a couple hundred dollars. They go to Home Depot, get yourself a brand new $3,000 lawnmower. Mower Mike takes a lawnmower, fixes the carb, sells it for a profit. Now, that's that's just the simplicity of ethanol. Yeah. Because it screws up small engine carburetors. And what are some of the rumors that you have heard? Because 
we talked about this episode. We talked about doing this episode, and me being the uh, the the. I don't want to say I'm an advanced academic, but I guess I think that's what you consider uh, me. For West Texas, you are. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I dove deep into the research, and I went and found some stuff from the American Chemical Society, from the Journal of Aerosol and Air Quality Research, uh, the Oklahoma State University Co-op Extension Service, and as well as the U.S. Department of Energy. I did my research, and I went and uh, looked up some things about ethanol and kind of want to just address some misconceptions about ethanol fuel and uh mike more make mike may not uh like what i have to say <clears throat> but um i'm gonna say it anyway but i'm gonna say this so like i've had that 52 inch gravely in the back mm-hmm. you know i've had that for about five or six years i've never put ethanol free gas in it i've always left the fuel tank with gas in it over the winter um and i've never had an issue with it Gum, with the carburetor getting gummed up, but so why do you think? Let's go through your your explanation of why you think that uh, the carburetors get gummed up. What's what's the issue with the ethanol? Well, ethanol, if you let it sit, the ethanol pulls the water out of the fuel and it makes the water as a layer, and then your carburetor's essentially sitting in water, and it somehow gums it up. So it pulls the water out of the fuel. Right, it pulls all the water molecules together out of the fuel. So you're yeah. saying there's water already in gasoline. Yes, but it's all mixed up. So when your when your engine runs, it's okay. But when you get that layer of water, then you just then it's just sitting in water. Or the ethanol. I've actually heard the ethanol is water a lot of times. Or it turns the gas into water. I have or heard you have some, a whole tank full of water. I have heard some ignorant rednecks say, you know the ethanol gasoline turns into water. I have heard that one. I've also heard that the ethanol will eat through gas tanks. It'll pull the plastic off. It'll destroy, eat through fiberglass. Um, the ethanol's just bad. I've actually heard sometimes they don't grind up the corn enough, and the corn gets caught up in the carburetor. No the corn husk. Wait, you mm-hmm. don't. They don't ferment it all the say. way, and the corn actually gets gummed up in there. So there's a piece of corn in your carburetor. I, you know, it's little chunks by the time it gets in there. Mm. But yeah, I wouldn't doubt if it's corn up in there. I've cleaned some gunk out of carburetors. Mm. And it's all ethanol. When I do ethanol free, I'm mowing. So that's that's everything I know about ethanol, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I'm not very well educated. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just, you know, people... You know they're gonna make they make a connection when there's a connection to be made, and you know it's easy to it's always easy to find a culprit somewhere if you're looking if you're looking for a correlation that's easy, but correlation does not always equal causation, which means like whatever connection you're making may not always be the correct connection so yeah. i I dove into the research and uh you know did a little bit of reading because I myself was not all of that. Uh, educated on the perils of ethanol gasoline. And um, so one of the things that I discovered in my reading was that ethanol gasoline actually does not cause carburetors to gunk up. So it's not the gasoline gasoline itself. So whether you put ethanol gasoline into an engine or not is inconsequential. It's not the gasoline that's going to gunk it up. It's all the crap that's in your gas tank. 
So, yes. Yeah. What? Yeah, hear this. Hear me out. Hear me out. So, uh, it's all the crap that's in your gas tank and all the crap that's in the gas cans. So, if you've been using a gas can for a really long time and you've been putting, uh, you know, ethanol-free and then ethanol gasoline in there back and forth and it's vented, etc., well, then you're going to have particulates start to gather on the sides of the gas can. And ethanol is actually a much stronger solvent than regular gasoline. And what that means is that ethanol is able to dissolve particulates into solution better than regular gasoline. So when you put that ethanol gasoline in there, the one you get at the gas station is only about 10%, you know, roughly 10% ethanol. What it does is it just makes the ability of the gasoline to dissolve those particulates even higher. So it dissolves all the gunk that's stuck on the sides of the of the gas tanks or on the uh, gas cans. And then you pour that into your gasoline, and you pour that in your gas tank and your mower, and then you use the mower, right? So great. And then you shut the mower off. Well, the carburetor, when you shut it off, if you don't shut the fuel off and let it run dry, well, then your carburetor is sitting there full of gasoline, full of mm -hmm. ethanol gas, right? Well, that ethanol gas has dissolved those particulates that were in that were in the gas can in the gas tank. So your carburetor is full of ethanol gasoline, 10%, that has more dissolved particulates than it normally would. Now, if you let it sit for long periods of time, those particulates will actually start to precipitate. That means they turn back into solids and fall down to the bottom and collect on the bottom and then stick to the carburetor. So if you do that and you – so if you run these small engines and you let the carburetor sit full of gasoline for, you know, two weeks at a time and then you pull it out and you mow, after a while, the particulates are going to collect in the bottom of that carburetor and every time you use it, those particulates are then going to go through that carburetor and they're going to gunk it up. So do you drain your carburetor? So what I do, uh, not with my mower but with my welder, is when I'm using it, um, and I use ethanol gasoline in my welder is while it's still running and I'm done with it, I will shut the fuel off and let it pull all the fuel, let it burn all the fuel out of the carburetor. So when it's in storage, there's no gasoline in, in the carburetor. Well, in the bowl of carb, there is still some gas in it. It's not very, but very, there's very little and the odds that it's going to evaporate prior to doing any kind of long-term damage is, is pretty high. You know, what I think is even bigger than that is the fact you don't have that jet sitting in that ethanol gas. By doing that, you still have a little gas in the bowl, Yeah. but the jet and everything's not sitting in it, yeah. allowing it to corrode. It's, yeah, and, the other th and so, like, and it's really easy to mistake corrosion on those metal jets or those plastic jets for just particulates binding to those metals and just sticking to those metals. Right. They're actually mainly brass jets. Which is really good for stuff sticking to it. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, like, those old brass faucets, like, you know, out at the ranch, you look at them, there's stuff stuck to it all the time. Like, little calcium deposits. Calcium loves to stick to brass. Interesting. So, yeah. that's So, that's a big thing. Like, if you have the ability to shut the fuel off to that engine, then when you are done using it, you should shut the fuel off and let it run so it clears the carb out. That makes good sense, but personally, I run ethanol-free. And here's the other thing. So according to Oklahoma State University, um, here it is, Cooperative Extension Service, um, regular gasoline is no less 
or no more essentially harder on engines as far as like corrosiveness and breaking down plastic and rubber parts than ethanol gasoline. I I think it depends because ethanol does have a lesser coefficient of lubrication than regular gas. But here's the thing. So this is true, but it is a 10% blend of ethanol with gasoline and the difference in lubrication with that 10% mixture is according to the research is going to be basically negligible unless you're running a two-stroke motor then it could be a little more serious even with two-stroke motors really even with two-stroke motors hmm. now once you get up to 15% and 20% ethanol then you'll start seeing a difference especially in small engines gotcha especially in small engines you'll start to see loss of horsepower um and just overall performance, but with the 10% mixture that you're going to get at the gas station, uh, overall, you the, the difference is negligible. Speaking of gas stations, you know who has the best gas stations in the world? I do not. It is Oklahoma. Oklahoma has the worst freaking roads, but their gas stations up there. I shoot, I'm not going to say it, but going up to Oklahoma City, you pull up that gas pump up there, seven handles. They've got three grades of ethanol free, three grades of with ethanol, then they got their diesel. Most amazing gas stations I've ever seen. Probably because there's only one city in Oklahoma and everybody goes there to fill up, so they can probably afford, you know, pretty decent gas stations. So just a side note, I'm a big ethanol free guy. You know who's pushing ethanol? You know why there's ethanol in our gas? Uh it is to reduce the emissions that are released with burning gasoline because ethanol technically burns cleaner and it actually has a higher octane number than regular gasoline so it burns more efficiently than regular gasoline when put in a internal combustion engine well i i that's what the world wants you to think <laughs> but the real reason there's ethanol in that's, our gas that's what the communists want you to believe is <laughs> politics it's so that they could win the iowa Freaking primary every year. You know, I was watching even Donald Trump. He was against ethanol until he got to Iowa, and then he mm. changed his freaking tune when he got to Iowa so they can boost up the corn prices and then win Iowa because it's, uh, uh, it's a swing state. Well, of course. Well, what's funny is so a 50-pound bag of deer corn is going to cost you $8, whereas if you do corn in a can, that's three cans of corn. That doesn't make any sense to me. So, but I mean, it's and you can make ethanol. Most ethanol, yes, is going to be made out of corn. But you can also make numerous other like biofuels that are that are similar to ethanol that could be used to uh, reduce emissions. But I mean, the big thing, you know, I think Bush put it into place was was to reduce carbon emissions. Um, the issue with with ethanol gasoline is that when you use it in like a a larger engine, like an automobile engine. Those automobile engines are more efficient and burn their fuel more completely, whereas small engines, they do not burn their fuel more hmm. completely. So that's why, like, you know, if you stick your nose in the exhaust of a small engine, it still smells like gasoline. <laughs> have, you ever no have you ever noticed that? Yeah, well, I don't sniff them too often. No, but I mean, well, I, I noticed that the other day when I was like, you know, starting my welder. So I have a my welder basically mounted to the bed of my truck. And then, you know, my 7.3 liter computer-free 
power stroke diesel. Um, it's, so it's, we, it's a lot of truck. Yeah, so when you, when you start it, topic. like you have to stand basically right in front of where the exhaust comes out to start it. And so it just starts, and then first thing you smell is basically gasoline in your face. <laughs> Did you know, Bob? No, I didn't. That my father-in-law used to work out in West Texas in Crosbyton at an ethanol plant in the 70s, and they were making ethanol out of cottonseed. Yeah. You can make – no, you can make biofuels almost like like it out of anything. And yeah. back then – they were making ethanol, and they were just making pure alcohol because they were distilling it just like alcohol. Yeah. And back then, you didn't – nowadays, when at the ethanol plants, they have to mix in some gas so that way people aren't drinking it. But he said back then, they'd get themselves on Friday night and get themselves a mason jar full of that ethanol straight out of the plant tap, and they would light up. Yeah, it's, it's, it's moonshine, man. Yeah. That's all it is. Good times. I, I don't know if I'd go that far. Uh, I mean, maybe when I was younger, but – Oh, dude, it's, if it's just pure alcohol, there's nothing cleaner than that. It's distilled. You know, they boil it, ferment it, and it's just it's just the vapor. And it condensates and it drips down. It's just pure goodness, Bob. I'm good. I'm okay. Um, I think I'm going to pass. <laughs> You're not going to go sniff So nobody go out and sniff around no, for the ethanol no, plants because no. uh, there is a little bit of fuel mixed in there. And, you know, sometimes the like, severe addicts will still drink gasoline. That's the crazy part about it is. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That can't so, be good for you. Yeah. You'll see it, like, a lot of times they'll – it's kind of kind of sad. Like, you can read about it, you know, Google it and look up stories. Like, people who are – they're so hard up for alcohol, they'll siphon gasoline out of someone's car and they'll drink the gasoline. Would they separate the ethanol first and let it mm-hmm. sit? No, no. Well, oh. just – Put it in a bottle, drink it. Like, it'll get you drunk, but like you'll you'll die pretty pretty quick doing it. You know, you can separate the ethanol out. You just put it in a bottle and you can see it, the clear part. Yeah, you can distill it out because it's it's so it's going to have like a different a different. It's got a high heat of evaporization, so you could actually put like if you took E eighty five gasoline, you could take a gallon of E eighty five gasoline and you could put it under low heat. And the gasoline and everything will evaporate out first, and you'll just be left with ethanol because ethanol is going to be is going to burn at a higher is going to evaporate at a higher temperature than regular gasoline. Hmm. At least that's what I learned from my research. So I've got a, a gas question for you, Bob. Okay, I'll see if I can answer it. Right now, I got a lawnmower, and it is a uh, pouring fuel out of the carburetor when I run it. And it pours it straight onto the exhaust manifold, and it just kind of steams off. Yeah. I know this is highly dangerous, but I guess wouldn't exhaust manifold get hot enough on a lawnmower to light fuel on fire and essentially blow up mower mic? I don't think so. I think it would. I think yeah. I think you're, it's, <laughs> it's going to it's going to evaporate first, and uh, like the heat. So the the thing to look up is the ignition point. So the ignition point of gasoline is high, and it also has to be under pressure. Uh, for it to spontaneously combust is a thing. Okay, that so, makes me feel better. Yeah. I was getting nervous. You should you should be okay. That doesn't mean gasoline. like that doesn't mean like go test it and get Not like fix a, it. Get something really really hot and just throw gasoline on it. Bad idea. But uh, I think for it to ignite without a spark, it has to be it's got to be under really high pressure and really high heat. You know a weird story I heard. No. The uh, I heard this old guy. He was a mechanic. And he'd smoke cigarettes in his shop, and he kept a big old tub of diesel fuel. And to put his cigarettes out, he'd just flick it yeah. into that tub. 
Well, one day it blew up and didn't but, work out. But here's the thing. That's a false story because diesel fuel doesn't explode. That's true. Yeah, so... Maybe who, it's just an old wives' tale. Yeah. Whoever told you that is lying That old belly didn't work out. He blew up. Diesel, diesel does not explode. Huh. Okay. <laughs> didn't, uh, well, you just blew my mind, so I feel better now. Yeah. I feel kind of bad for the guy. Yeah. Some, there's something else happened. Something else happened. Oh, yeah, I'm sure something else blew up. And the odd, the other thing is, like, usually you can put a, a cigarette out with diesel fuel. Like, for diesel fuel to ignite, you have to have an actual flame. If you're not putting that diesel fuel under extreme pressure, that's all what a diesel engine does. Like, you know, it compresses that fuel to a point where it basically spontaneously combusts. So, if it's not, like, it's not going to explode. You know, what is dangerous is gasoline fumes. For a while, I've got a little shed, and I was keeping... Maybe 10 five-gallon jugs of gas full, and I was keeping my zero turn in there. Why do you need that much gas for it? Well, you never know when you need that much gas. Is and it I've ethanol-free got, gas? Oh, yeah. I load up with ethanol-free. I drive okay, a long so, way. So, like, well, hang on. ethanol-free gas is still going to go bad in the case. It's still going to pull in water. No. It's not, it's at the rate, just not at the rate that ethanol does. Okay. And here's the other thing. Uh, according to my research, I'm just going gotcha. to say this, and then you can... Finish your Ramble on. Yeah. Uh, with a 10% ethanol fuel, there it basically, and this is according to the Oklahoma State University Co-op. This is according to the American Chemical Society, U.S. Department of Energy, as well as the Aerosol and Air Quality Journal. Um, there is basically no way that 10% ethanol would have the ability to pull in enough water to do anything to your engine. I'm just going to have to disagree and just keep my own and, mindset and that's fine. Like, and that's not saying that the water is not going to be in the fuel, but there, the amount of water is so small that it'll just it'll just burn and go out with the exhaust as the engine's running. But when you've got, let's say you got a 20-gallon tank, and it sits like in a boat, and it sits there for months, and then you got a layer of ethanol, and it pulls that, that water up, and all of a sudden that fuel pump it just starts sucking water. There, I've had some issues a, before. I'm, and I'm not saying you didn't, like, but uh, I think you also have to take in consideration condensation of that's water true. vapor that's already in the atmosphere. Um, that, that's another big thing. So, like, especially with like vented fuel tanks, uh, gasoline's gonna gasoline's gonna stay at a cooler temperature when it's in the gas when it's in a fuel tank, and if it's humid outside, that water that's in the atmosphere is going to condensate as it cools down so that the tank is going to basically right. it's vented it's going to it's going to condensate water no matter what you do so another pointer that in addition to running it dry i think that's a good idea but when you store anything in a fuel tank keep it full that way it doesn't create condensate on the empty walls when it's full you're not creating that condensate right that way you get less less water in your gas yeah or you know yeah Little pro tip for you, Bob. No, sorry. I'm sorry. What were you talking? About? You were you were on a you were on, oh, a, I was on, on a tangent. A yeah. So I had all these uh, my all my energy essentially in the shed along with my zero turn. And my friend who's a fireman down on Fort Hood, he said, "Egan, you're gonna blow yourself up." I said, "Uh oh." So essentially, what happens is the fumes come out of the fuel tank and they they sit on the bottom especially if it's a non-ventilated area, 
And the fumes is what's going to blow you up. Yes. So yes. when you crank that lawnmower on. Especially when it's hot and humid. The fumes will gather on the on the ground. Right. So I've pulled all my gas tanks out. I just keep them in my boat now. And yeah, that's just the that's one way I don't want to go. I don't want to be burned up. I mean, a car wreck or you know, a parachuting why, incident. I don't know why you need 20 gallons of gas. Well, you do when the power goes out because all the gas pumps are run off electricity. Like, when's the power going to go out? Any second. When the communists take over. Or the asteroid or, <laughs> you know, whoever. Do you have, like, a generator to run your house off of? I got a generator, yeah. I got all sorts oh, of Oh, do you really? Oh, yeah. Are I got s- about uh, 10 propane tanks. We got some juice going. Jesus Christ. Are you a doomsday prepper? I wouldn't say that, but uh, it's always better to be prepared. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. True. So when you don't have anything to cook with, you you know, Mower Mike's got the barbecue bed uh, going. Well, you know, I don't cook with propane anyway. That's true. I only cook with wood. And you got plenty of wood. I've got, I've got, a, yes, I got plenty of wood. Sir. You don't have a generator here? No, I've got one. Okay. Yeah. So we're both pretty well prepared. Yeah, it's my welder is also a generator. It is an awesome machine. So you just turn the welder part off and it throws it runs the generator. So we've run this basically whole house off that little generator. No kidding. Yeah. You know the future, I think. I was doing a little research on that new electric F one fifty Ford Lightning twenty twenty two. Man, that sucker. They're saying that thing can run a work site. You could plug that thing into your house, it'll run the whole house. It's like a giant driving battery. And I think that's where the future's going, Bob. Electric cars? Electric. 800 pounds of torque, go 400 miles without filling up. I mean, just plug it in the wall. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the problem, okay? And I said this on ep- on our first episode that, like, you know, yeah, it may make you feel good that you're not cranking out greenhouse gas emissions, but the materials to make those electric vehicles, it's not done in a sustainable way. Like, if you, if they're not carbon neutral because the amount of fossil fuels that it took to produce that electric vehicle is were they're outstanding like and i did some further research on this because i know i made a mistake i misspoke in the first episode when i said you know you could run a car for 100 years and it wouldn't it wouldn't equal the amount of fossil fuels or that it saves uh i did some further research on that statement it turns out that it's seven years it's closer to seven years Seven years, you'd have to drive your electric vehicle, and this was the comparison to actually a car running on diesel. Uh, you would have to drive it for seven years, essentially. Seven years? Yeah, seven years for it to start catching up and for you to start being, uh, get in get into the carbon negative range. That's amazing, because those batteries wear out, right, after ten years or so. Yeah, and then you're going to have to replace the batteries, you know, which are made of lithium, which are mined with giant machines that run on giant diesel engines, etc. Now, where I think the future really needs to be is is biofuels, uh, and I got a I got a real you know got a real I got a real I got a thing for biodiesel. Is really? It? Yeah, because you can okay. make you can make biodiesel essentially out of any type of plant oil. You can you know you can take old vegetable oil, old cooking oil, and you can make biodiesel out of it. They can make biodiesel out of hemp seed oil, um, and I'm a real big proponent of of industrial hemp because you can number one make biofuels out of the hemp seed oil. You can 
use the fibers to make paper and clothing. What is hemp? Is that pot? Or is that yeah, it's cannabis. Okay. But Does it have THC in it or No. You can you can use you can there's strands that don't have THC in there. Huh. So you can use the fibers. Here's the other thing you can do with the fibers. You can make plastics out of hemp fiber. You can actually buy currently you can buy hemp plastic trash bags that are one hundred percent biodegradable. No way. Yes. How cool is that? They are a, more expensive and hence, you know, people don't want to do it. But they make hemp plastic 100% biodegradable trash bags. Look it up. The, the problem with it is they cost about 50 cents a piece. Wow. But they're made of hemp. But they're made out of hemp. 100% biodegradable. And they can, uh, you know, the, you can make anything. They're actually, the hemp plastic is actually stronger than the petroleum-based plastics. You know what's great about hemp? It's wheat. It's a wheat, so it yeah. doesn't take much much water. And they uh, they legalized it here in Texas a couple years back. So I heard hemp's growing big time out there in West Texas. Yeah, I mean it's it 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 was a cash crop in the early 1900s. You know they made paper out of hemp. They made clothes ropes, out of hemp. Right. They made rent. Uh, yeah, ropes out of hemp. They made everything out of hemp. And then I think uh, I don't I don't remember the guy's name, but he owned a paper company. Um, went on like a. I guess like a a crusade against the hemp plant, and so now everybody you know it's got a bad stigma. You know, you say hemp, and everybody's like, "Oh, we're gonna have teenagers in the in the hemp fields trying to smoke it." Well, you know, there's there's strands that don't have THC, or like THC levels are really low. So, I mean, I can see you becoming a hemp farmer. It's a very versatile plant. You know, what you don't the green stuff that you don't use, you can use use it for cattle feed. So you could do a lot with it. Yeah. You make a biofuel, you make paper, clothes, plastics, food. There you go. And you don't have to worry about corn being so high. I think that's the answer, Bob. Uh, and I, I water think it efficient. is. And I think the I think the problem is is that people are just they're scared. They're afraid of, you know, of using hemp products because of the stigma that's attached to it. Like I don't smoke weed at all. I don't do any kind of I really don't I don't do anything except for drink Dr. Pepper. Um, well, maybe but, those those Democrats up there in the White House, maybe they do something and just uh, drop the the hemp rules or whatever they got going. Well, I mean, they need to, but they just they make it really difficult for for industrial hemp companies to get started. So there's so many regulations on it, uh, and I just uh, I don't I don't see what the issue is. Like, if you want a true carbon neutral or carbon negative fuel then a biofuel is the answer and i think all roads point to you know a hemp based fuel you could also mix it so if you did hemp oil hemp diesel fuel and then corn uh, ethanol and you know you can also make soybean oil like fuel out of soybean oil you know the the answer is there it's just people and money and politicians are the problem and uh, I think if we just pulled our heads out of our collective butts and started, you know, demanding these things and started actually buying products that are that are sustainable, I think the world would start changing. Like I, I I'm going to start buying the hemp plastic trash bags. I think. You know, but what I think the first step is is black market hemp. I think we could still grow it. I mean, you've got a few acres out there west of here, nice hemp field. 
I mean, we could, with that new hat of yours, that's a hemp growing yeah. hat. Well, I think you need a license to, to no, grow No, you don't. You can do anything you want. You can't just grow a big hemp field. In Texas? Yeah. You've got it. No, there's got to be. As long as you look like you know what you're talking about. Yeah. you got yeah. a good hat, big tractor. Remember what I was talking about earlier with, like, informed rednecks? Like, you need to know what you're talking about. Like, <laughs> you think I'm spreading somebody, false information? Somebody help us out here. Like, if you, if you know what the, pol- the policy is for, like, getting a hemp farm going in the state of Texas, let us know. Let us know in the comments. Or, you know, you can... Uh, you can leave us a voice message on our on our anchor app. You know, Mike's put the put the link link in the description of this episode. Uh, let us know, or at least like put me on the right track. Obviously, I could Google it myself, but I'm a busy guy. I got to you know, I got some caterings and stuff to do this weekend, so I probably won't get around to it. And I've been hitting the head a lot, so I'll forget. You've been hitting the head. Oh, yeah. physically. Physically, yes. Lots I understand. Of, lots of concussions. Yeah, we both had our fair share of concussions. Yeah. That's why we keep changing topics so much. <laughs> you know what we're talking it's about. Just, it's a concussion-induced uh, attention deficit disorder. <laughs> but like, I think, I mean, I really think that biodiesel is is the way to go. And I don't, I don't, uh, I don't support like hybrid vehicles. Because here's why, like a small hybrid vehicle, what's the what's the best fuel economy you think you're going to get for a small hybrid sedan? Depends right. if it's running electric or, like, or gas. Well, miles per gallon. Like it's oh, I don't know, 40. Let's do 40. So, you know, 30, between 30 and 40, right? Yeah. My little diesel Jetta, if I'm going 70 miles an hour on the highway, I get close to 50 miles to the gallon. Well, that's because that's one of the highly illegal Jettas, right? Why'd you have to go there? Doesn't matter. I'm still getting 50 miles to the gallon. <laughs> yeah, I heard some stories. I, I wouldn't believe anything. That jet is puffing out. The recalls have Germans been, are tricky. The recalls have been fixed. The recalls got fixed. I heard they're. I don't know. I heard different stories. But, but I mean, there's there's there is there's no debate that diesel engines can can get ridiculous fuel miles. Like my old diesel truck. My old Dodge that I used to have in graduate school, like I'd get 25 miles a gallon on the highway in a three-quarter ton diesel. Really? Yeah. Gosh, all my vehicles are uh, old Chevys. They get between 10 and 15 miles a gallon on a good day. Well, my my Power Stroke, uh, 1997 flatbed dually 7.3 liter F Super Duty Power Stroke. That rides like a trash truck. That about uh, killed me. Uh, uh, <laughs> it gets about... It gets it gets about twelve. If I, whether I'm pulling something or not, it's going to get twelve. Yeah, but that truck is the only truck I've ever seen that's a passenger truck that has leaf springs in the front. Yeah. I mean, it's probably got three hundred pounds of leaf springs. Yeah. I mean, that truck is ridiculous. <laughs> leaf springs and shocks. And, yeah, it's, it's... I was a little hungover last time I rode it, and uh, I swear we went over that train track. I thought something might be coming up. I mean, <laughs> it jiggled everything that's inside of me. I was just a big ball of gut. It's, 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 it's rough. It's rough. Like you got to be a man to drive that thing. Like, yeah, it'll loosen things up though. Oh yeah. I mean, like, you got to. <laughs> you, you need to pull something. That's that's the truck to do it with. It's almost like working out and you just sitting there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, Bob. I, what I think? I, I think hydrogen, hydrogen is a great fuel. Oh. Do, do tell. Uh, for a long time, I did a lot of research, and you can actually build a little hydrogen generator that runs off freaking water, yeah. electrifies it, and makes the hydrogen gas, and then it would suck it into, because I've got a 94 Suburban, which has essentially 
a carburetor, but like an automatic carburetor. It's got jets in it and whatnot. But you can plumb it in there just like nitrous, and the truck would pull the hydrogen gas in there, and it would get, you know, like I heard 30, 40 miles a gallon because it's mainly using that hydrogen. Hydrogen is a lot more efficient to burn than fuel. Mm-hmm. And all you've got is this little hydrogen generator, and you just put more water in it. But the only negative I heard was, you know, after so long, the hydrogen it turns radioactive or, or whatever the after effects are, whatever's left in your little hydrogen generator, mm-hmm. and it's, it's highly toxic. But I think... Really? I'm going to have to do some research. I think the man's uh, keeping hydrogen down, because I, you know, because I believe there's a lot of money in batteries, a lot of money in oil and gas, a lot of money in mining. I agree. But there's not much money in putting, you know... 12 ounces of water in a hydrogen generator. No, no. And hydrogen, yeah, when you burn hydrogen, all you get is basically water vapor and warm air. Yeah. And eBay, you can, back in the day, you could get hydrogen generators. Really? Build them yourselves. Maybe we need to build ourselves a hydrogen generator. What are, like, I mean, are we going to, what are we going to run off of it? My Suburban. She's set up. We could plumb straight into the intake and have it suck hydrogen. Well, here's the other problem with hydrogen. So, like, that's all fine. But hydrogen literally will explode. Like, you don't have to have it under pressure or anything. Like, it will explode. Like, really? Big explode. Like, the Hindenburg, that big blimp that the Germans sent over. Yeah. It was full of hydrogen. And then, like, someone was smoking a cigarette in the wrong place, and it exploded. <laughs> like, the whole thing exploded. Yeah, it made a, I'm not going to say it made a great clip, but uh, it made a... Quite the film, yeah. Back it's then. It, it's a and it's a it's in a very violent explosion. Wow. So yeah, <laughs> we have to do a little more research. Yeah, and it, here's the great thing about hydrogen too is that uh, it will explode just being exposed to oxygen, which is crazy because I know I know water is hydrogen and oxygen, but like if you just expose hydrogen gas to oxygen, like. Under the right conditions, it will just explode. So to make hydrogen, you're essentially taking water. You're taking the the oxygen out of the water. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're running an electric current through the water. So what happens? So water molecules are what's called they're polar. So the hydrogen atoms are positively charged, and the oxygen atom is negatively charged. But when you run an electric current through that, what it'll do is it'll attract either the positive or the negative end of the molecule towards the electrical current and then push away the other end and it'll separate the molecule out and you'll end up with bubbles of hydrogen gas. Which you can run a car on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's the simplest things that are the answer usually, Bob. Yeah, it is. It is. I used to, we used to uh, have a lab that I used to do when I was teaching chemistry. We'd put a piece of magnesium in hydrochloric acid and that would, the bubbles would start forming and the bubbles would be full of hydrogen gas, and I would take a cigarette lighter, and I would put the lighter over over the tube, and it would just, <laughs> and it would just, just explode. <laughs> this is in public school, right? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's actually a really neat, neat experiment. You can look it up on YouTube. It's called the Barking Dog. And uh, what the guys will do is they'll just put a piece of magnesium and hydrochloric acid in this in this really long tube. And uh, so the tube will get full of hydrogen gas, and they'll just put a cigarette lighter on top of it, and the hydrogen gas will just burn all the way down, and then, and it'll sound like a barking dog. That's awesome. Yeah, it'll go all the way down the tube, and then all the way up. I'll show you here in a minute when we get done. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Yeah, Yeah, it's called the barking dog. 
Can you imagine a lawnmower running off hydrogen? I'd be the, I wonder what it would sound like. You know, I've got enough junk lawnmowers. We can do anything we want. Hmm. I just don't want to blow up, so I need a little adult supervision. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that is... <laughs> see, that is the risk, because, like, hydrogen will explode. Yeah. So, and if you're talking about an internal combustion engine, like, that spark plug, you put a spark to that hydrogen, it will explode. Wow. Can you imagine if you put too much hydrogen into that, that cylinder and it just blew the whole freaking engine apart? That's, the, that's the fear. I don't, uh, you know, obviously my expertise is not in that kind of chemistry or in internal combustion engines, but I can't imagine that a, a cylinder full of hydrogen gas would explode any more violently than a cylinder filled with gasoline and oxygen. It could be the future. It could be. But you also now you're also looking at a lubrication issue as well. well lube is important. No, oh, oh, but absolutely. so it has to be run off four I stroke. I agree. Lube, lube is, is important. <laughs> but natural or lube, especially is good when it, you're doing four strokes. Uh, yeah. Well, let's not get too deep into it. I don't want to give anybody some bad ideas and blow themselves up. Yeah. Sounds like we need a little more please research. Don't. Yeah. But if you've ever uh, done hydrogen before, let it, let us know. Leave us a comment. Yeah, we need something to talk about on these shows. So, <laughs> so. Uh, we can only come, you know, we can only talk about our own experiences, though, so much. Oh, there's a lot of them, though, Bob. There's a lot of them. There are. So what? Yeah. So what are we going to talk about next? We've actually eat, reached the end of our uh, agenda. And uh, well, Bob, you know, I think next time we need to maybe get a guest on. I think we might be, if we get up to like eight viewers, that means we got a gaggle of viewers on this episode. <laughs> a gaggle. A, a gaggle. gaggle. <laughs> yeah. That's what you call Canadian geese. A group of Canadians. Yeah. A gaggle. Yeah. Okay. All right. Gotcha. You want to get underneath Bob's call? Call Canadian, Canadian geese. Yeah. <laughs> They're Canada goose, not Canadian. But I guess I understand. We're on vacation. I just said it over and you know I was doing that on purpose just to get you to correct me. No. Yeah, it was. I mean it's I I <sighs> Bob's a biologist if you guys didn't know. Yeah, back in the day I was a I was a wildlife biologist and I only do that I only the the Canada goose is like it's just a sticking point with me because somebody once upon a time, like this professor chewed my ass when I called him a Canadian. I mean like chewed me up and down. And then talk to me about the taxonomy and evolution of all 12 different subspecies of Canada goose as you run from West Canada to East Canada. And I was like, oh, my, who knew? So, you know, as you run from West to East Canada, the 12 individual subspecies of Canada goose, they get smaller. So, like, the ones in West Canada are larger than the ones in East Canada. That's why Sasquatch is on the West Coast. Then what's Sasquatch doing in Oklahoma? Well, that's BS. There's That's no just Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Well, you know what else is on Oklahoma? A lot of meth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, there's some meth up at, up, up in this area where I live. Oh, like, just go meth over, everywhere. Just go over to Gainesville. Like you'll you'll see meth heads walking up and down the street, uh, scratching, yeah. going, going walking about twenty miles an hour. It's twelve degrees outside, and they're in shorts and a tank top and sandals and singing to themselves. Yeah, going really yeah. fast. That, but. You know what I'd like to do, Bob? What would you like to do? You know, the ultimate thing rednecks want to know is how to catch critters, different types oh. of critters. And you have an amazing knowledge of critter catching. 
I, yeah, once upon a time I was a trapper. I was a trapper in Houston. So I was down there for a little while. Worked for a company. Uh, we're not going to say the name. I don't think I can say the name. But worked for a company. So I was a professional trapper. So when people would get animals in their houses and such, and like when cor companies or corporations would, animals would come into the the warehouses or whatever, I was the one who went in and, and got them. So I think we should have a whole episode on how to catch individual critters. Oh, that would be great. And if you have an animal in your house and you want to know how to get them out, please let us know in the comments. Bob's caught them all from yeah. gators to the bats, the gators, chipmunks, bats, whatever. Squirrels, armadillos, whatever. You got them? I've done it. Possums. Possums. I love – the problem with possums is, is like I love them. They're so – I think they're awesome and they're completely harmless. Like they sit there, they'll hiss at you and their mouth will be open, but they're really not going to bite you unless you stick your hand in their mouth. And like people are scared to death of them because they're ugly. And they're like, they're just a giant rodent. First of all, they're not a rodent. They're a marsupial. And uh, they're not going to bite you. Like you could – you'll be fine. Like just just shoo it away with a broom and it will go away. You know it's in Australia they call them opossums? I did know that. I did know that. So, all right. So, I think next episode, we could have a critter catching episode. I think it would be great next, fun. All right, yeah. So, if you guys want to know what, how to catch something, let us know in the comments. That would be great. We'll quiz Mr. Dr. Bob yeah. on uh, critters. <laughs> yeah. If you got a problem, um, yeah, that would be great. That would be fun. I like talking about animals. Oh, yeah. Animals are great. So with that, you know, I appreciate you guys joining us. Another another trip around the world here, and we're going to keep this up every week and have some random conversations. So if you guys want to hear something, want to learn something, throw us a note, comment, voicemail, however you want to do it. Internet's internet's wide open. Yeah, and I think, you know, may, maybe next week we'll have ourselves a guest. Uh, you know, what should we, like, should we... I know some ladies who like some critters. Yeah? I bet well, you we can get some critter ladies on with us. You're all about the ladies. Uh, as, as am I. I am all about the ladies. Regardless of our talk and conversation about balls <laughs> earlier. You know what ladies like more than anything? It's a soft, fluffy little critter. You know, puppies, possums, raccoons. That's true. That's why I stopped shaving my chest. <laughs> so, you get a little fluffy going on there. Why would you ever save your? You don't have that much chest hair to start with. I mean, well, you had that little patch. It's not. <laughs> it's not thick. It's not like I'm not like it's not like overwhelming. It's just long. So it's like you know, it's like the Chinese beard. My beard's not thick, but it's but it it, they, it can be long and like same thing with my chest hair. It's just and it's all gray. That's the worst part. That's about interesting. It. We're learning a lot about your anatomy. Oh, you know. I'm, I appreciate it because I'm I'm just an open book, Mike, and I just want to just want to inform the world of all things that are you know majestic, like my chest hair. That's awesome. Well, with that, uh, we're gonna close her out. You guys have a good week, and we'll be back next week. All right, y'all have fun rednecking it up. <laughs>